0: All right, now it's time to learn some terms. Daf Ches in Meseches Megillah, page 8. We're up to the very top line, the Mishnah. Ches Amar Aleph, Ches Amar Aleph, 8A in Meseches Megillah. Brand new Mishnah. We're continuing on in the Ein Bains, comparing various similar halachas to each other. Remember, we got onto this conversation when we were noticing the difference between Adar Rishain and Adar Shaini. Let us begin. Okay, we're going to have a number of different mishnayim on today's daf. Let's go. Let's introduce the first mishnah. Mishnah number 1. I say to you, I hereby am making a vow that it is forbidden for you to benefit from me in any way shape or form. Scenario number 2. I hereby make a vow that it is forbidden for you to benefit from me anything that has to do with food. Okay? Is there a difference between those two statements? Statement number one, it is forbidden for you to benefit from me in any way, shape, or form. Statement number two, it is forbidden for you to benefit from me with anything that has to do with food. Now, when a person makes a vow, we take into account what was meant by those words. Okay, so with that vague introduction, let's see what the halacha is and what the contrast between those two scenarios actually is. Says the Mishnah: Ain bein, there is no difference between Hamoder Hanami Chaviro, a person who says you cannot benefit from me in any way, shape, or form, lemodar benimaychol. Then a person who says, you cannot benefit from me in any way that has to do with food. There's no difference. All the halachas, what is forbidden is the same. Except for, Ella, listen to this. Jrisas Horego, cutting through the guy's backyard. If I say you cannot benefit from me in any way, shape or form, you cannot even walk on my property. But if I say you cannot benefit from me in anything that's related to food, then... You may walk on my property. The Kalim She'ain Aysim behem Aichal Nefesh, or vessels that are not meant for food usage. If I say you cannot benefit from me in any way, shape, or form, you cannot use my vessels that are not food related. If I say you cannot benefit from me in anything that's food related, then it would be forbidden for you to benefit with these vessels. Now, let me explain. The difference in these two cases, vis-a-vis anything else is, in general, we have a rule in halacha, which is that, if you're going to get some benefit, and I'm not losing out, right? So what's it going to do to So, listen to this. If I say to you, you cannot benefit from me in any way, shape, or form, what I mean is, you cannot benefit from me at all, whether it has value, whether it doesn't have value. I don't want you having anything to do with benefiting from me. But if I say to you, you cannot benefit from me in any way that's connected to food, the assumption is, I'm only forbidding you to benefit from me in something that has value. But the moment it has no value, I don't really care. Otherwise, I would have said in any way, shape, or form. Therefore, I say to you, you cannot benefit from me in any way that's related to food, you could still walk through my property. You can still use items that have nothing to do with food because these things don't have any charge to it. People don't usually charge funds for these things, and as long as it's not, not connected in any way, shape, or form to financial value, it's going to be permitted for you to benefit from me. It's a mechudosh diga thing. It's a mechudosh it's diga thing that when I own something... Not only does it give me rights, it gives me the rights to remove other people from the benefit. Says the Gemara, short Gemara. What about vessels that have to do with preparing food? Then it's forbidden no matter what expression you use. Whether you said you can't benefit from me in any way, shape, or form. Whether you said it's forbidden benefit from me anything that has to do with food. These vessels you cannot use. I, there's no financial value, I know. But it's directly related to food. This is a food vessel, and therefore it's forbidden no matter what. We said you're not allowed to cut through the guy's backyard if you say in any way, shape, or form. The gemara points out, kapti Inshi. But one second, the, 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 people don't care if other people cut through their backyard. Okay, so why is it even considered uh, uh, hana? Answers the, answer the Gomara, Amarava, many? the author of our Mishnah is Rebel Yazir. To Omar Vitor That when you're Maitra when you say to somebody, you cannot benefit from me, that even applies to the Khidish that Rabbi Ravinsky was bringing up earlier. Okay? It even applies to some to, to Vitor, something which I don't have any financial gain from. So why in the world would I remove you? It doesn't matter. Rabiliaz is of the opinion that you can you still have the authority on this thing that you own to include things that have no value uh, and, and are included in the category of Vitor of foregoing on it in Maidra. Period. End of that commandment. Next, Mishnah. There's no difference between a nether and a dove. What is a nether and a dava? So to put it very simply, a nether is a vow and a dava is a vow. Okay, that doesn't seem too simple. What's the difference? Here you go. A neder is when I say, I am responsible. That's a neder. For example, I am responsible to give my card to tzedakah. That's a neder. A nadava is when I say, I will give this card to tzedakah. Am I putting the responsibility on me? No, I'm putting the responsibility on the chefza, on the object. On the car. What's a practical difference? The mission is going to tell us. Let's just talk outside for a moment. Uh, there's, there's a very practical difference. If I say I'm responsible personally. What happens if the car is stolen? You got to give a different car to Tzedakah. Because you accepted personal achrayas. But if I said I'm going to give this car to Tzedakah. If the car is stolen. Do I have to give a different car? No. I said, this card, this ain't me. It's not about the gavra, it's about the chevz. It's about the object. Okay, so a neder, a vow of a neder is when I take the gavra, the person takes responsibility. the nedava is when the person says the responsibility is on me to give this object. That's how the vow works. And a practical difference is whether I'm going to, if something goes wrong, whether ultimately I'm going to be responsible. And by the way, how even I, I get, I'm, I'm confident just today, all of us were involved in similar situations. Not where we made a pledge, but c- certain situations where it's on me to get this done, and then other times where it's just got to get done. And it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I remember one, my father, telling me that um, my brother-in-law Yaakov Friedman, who has a, he is Yeshiva in Beitar in Eretz Yisrael, so. One of his Talmidim was going through a Sholem situation. His wife, him and his wife uh, were not doing too well uh, in how they got along. And one of the wife's big complaints is that, is that it's very hard for her at home and her husband's never around. So my brother-in-law uh, called in his Talmud and he says, No, what's going on with you? Why, you know, your wife says she needs you. He says, what do you mean? He says, I have a full-time nanny. He was was a wealthy guy. came from a wealthy family. He says, I got a full-time nanny. She has all the help she needs, right? My brother-in-law says, you don't understand. She doesn't need a nanny. She needs you. Sometimes it's about getting the job done. And sometimes it's about me getting the job done. And we always needed to determine and decide, you know, when is it about us personally, the Gavra, being responsible to do this? And when is it just you know just make sure it's done, make sure it's taken care of, right? We, we're constantly balancing this out within our relationships and pe- our parents, our children, our colleagues. Eh? When is it? What is it about the job, about the chavta? And when is it about the God? Okay, so let's read the mission inside. In bein the and the there's no difference between the responsibility, the uh, of uh, whether you make a neder when I say it's on me or a dovah I put it on the object ella. Except for and if I make a neder. I'm gonna be responsible in its obligation. Meaning, if something goes wrong, I'm still responsible to get the job done. When it comes to You're obligated in the same thing. But if, let's say, the car gets stolen, I'm not responsible to back it up with another car. Says the Gemara. <inaudible> as far as <inaudible> delaying my oath, my pledge, they're both equal, okay? So if somebody says, I swear I'm going to give tzedakah, right? And, or he makes a net, he says, it's on me to give $1,000. Or I'm going to give this $1,000. Both of them have the same halacha that they can't, you can't go past your three of them um, type and you're going to be obligated on, on baltaachar, on holding off on your vow, Okay, kabal. Says the Gemara Vayter, tanan hasam. We learned in a Mishnah elsewhere, when is it considered a neder? A person says, it's incumbent upon me, the person, to bring the carbon oila. When I say this animal is oila, I don't take personal responsibility. I say this animal is oila, it's the it's the object what's the difference? The if I make a head if I accept it upon myself, when an animal dies or it gets stolen or it gets lost, I've got to replace it. Nidava is, but let's say I say it was this animal, and it dies, gets stolen gets lost. I don't need to replace the animal. I just said, that I'm taking this one. That's all I said. And if this animal is not capable, it's not on me to, to bring a, a substitute. Says the hani How do we know? This difference between another and another. How do I know it's not true in the Torah? That if I say, this animal is going to be a Karban. And something goes wrong. I don't need to replace it. What's the source? Answer the Gemara, the Tanarabana, Because the Rabbis learned, so should we. The Nir le Lechaper Alav. It should be accepted as a Kampara for him. Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Shimon says. Okay, now it's referring to the, the object itself. Rabbi Shimon Eimer Shimon says. Es she'olav. Something that's incumbent upon him, the owner, then chayav He's responsible to replace it, and the esheinay yalov. If it's not his uh, a responsibility, he placed on himself, rather he put the responsibility on the, so to speak, on the animal. That this animal will be brought, Chaya He does not need to bring a substitute. My mashma. Where do you see this in the pasuk? Amar v'isuk Dimi. Kivan the amar alai. It says, Svara, Once you say, "It is upon me," I am personally taking responsibility. Commanded to in a dami. It's as if he's shouldering his own burden, and you're saying, "Listen, I'm, this is my, this is my, this is me. This is me, right?" And we know this. We know this. Like we mentioned, the Mishnah: some things are incumbent upon us to do. Other times, you got to get the job done. This applies, and this applies to going to work as well, right? You could have every valid excuse in the world sometimes as to why the job didn't get done. What does the employer say? You still didn't get the job done. La to the Rabbanu Right? The Rabbanu Shalim wants our effort. He wants to get it done. Right? What is the job? The effort. That's how it works for the Rabbanu Shalim. When it come up and say, Oh, Rabbanu Hashem. Hashem says, Listen, I wanted your effort. That was your job. That's what you need to do. That's what's a lie. That's what's on me. And that there's no excuse not to put in the, every effort that we can to keep to keep coming closer to their b'nai. Okay. Mishnah number three on Davches and Aleph, right, uh, almost in the middle of the Amud. There's no difference in the level of impurity of a Zav, which right we've learned previously is a kind of an illness. Where a person has a, a seminal emission That drips out It's not because of a specific A, a specific um, arousal Rather it's becoming It come from overeating From traveling So on and so forth There's no difference In the tumma In the impurity of somebody Who sees two emissions To the Leraya shalish, one who sees three emissions Meaning it's not like You see it once Your tummy If you see it twice it is your, uh, your, your tummy see it three times Your more tummy the same let you're still a, a the same level of tumma, but there is a difference if you see twice or three times. What's the difference? Allah, Karba. If you see three times, you're now going to be obligated to bring a sacrifice as part of the purification process, and our Gemara is going to go through what exactly this process is. Says the Gemara. If there's no level, if there's no difference in the level of impurity between a two times of and a three times of, we're going to infer, here we go, let's read it. inya mishka as far as being able to give off the impurity by putting your weight on it, literally means by lying down or sitting on it. Okay? It doesn't need to touch me. I sit on a couch and I'm a zuv. That entire couch underneath me is tummy, even the part that's not mamish touching me. Usfira Shiva. And if you see twice or three times, you need to count seven clean days. Zevazeshav, and they have the same halacha. Minohan how do we know this? How do we know that if you see, uh, if you have this emission twice uh, or three times, that it's metame, tumas, Mishka and you need seven clean days? The Rabbanon, because the rabbis learned, and that's why the rabbis, Rev says, the Torah uh, says the word Tame twice, okay? It says, uh, ki has, um, ki has, so we speak about two zavs. We speak about two emissions. And then it says it three times and we call him Tomei. What, what's pshat? If he's Tomei after two, why do you got to use the word Tomei once you say once he has three emissions? Letting me know. Two for Tomei and the third one. To, is teaching me that you're obligated to bring a carbon. The Imar Stein by the Karbon. Says the Gemara, maybe it means that when you see it twice, you are you are a Zav and there's no carbon, but Shallais la carbon by the toma. Maybe once you see three times, you're now obligated in the carbon, but there's no tumma. Now does this bother you? Yeah, we're shaking our heads. Why does it bother us? Where'd the tumma go? What's the Gemara's assumption right now? If you see twice, you're Tomei, no carbon. You see a third time, oh, now there's a carb bomb, but no Tomei. Ask the Gemara, one second. Um, Amrit, you, do you mean to say, ra ra shtayim, do you mean to say that three, you're not going to be Tomei? I don't understand. Once you saw twice, you're Tomei. So now when you see a third time, where would it go? Right? So that, that doesn't make sense. You can't, you can't tell me you're not Tomei when you, when you see a third time. That for sure can't be the pshat. So, says the Gemara, okay, let me try something else. Maybe the message of the Apostlech is letting me know, when you see twice, you're not a Zav. I'm sorry, you're, yeah, you're not a Zav, but you, you do bring a carbon. And Shalosh, and once you see a third time, now you've got to do both. Now you've got to bring a carbon and your tummy. Maybe that's the shot. Says No, also it's not possible. Don't think that. The Tanakh we learned to the price. Huh? The puzzle says, The Kayan helps him purify himself in front of Hashem from his emissions. This lets us know some, Z- some Zavim bring a carbon and some Zavim don't bring a carbon. Huh, how are you going to find me a scenario where you have people who are Mamish, a uh, uh, total Zav? And some bring a carbon, and some don't. Here's I'll say. Here's the answer. Ra'ashalaiysh maybe. Once you see three emissions, then you bring a carbon. but if you only see two, no, maybe you don't. That's what we thought. Ask the Gemara, what about another possibility? Oh, yin elarav beis maybe. maybe. But what are you going to tell me? Oh, maybe you bring after two, not after three. Amrit adshlei Not possible. Because then your third time, you, you you can't see three, until you already saw two. She already had the obligation to bring a carbon. and there's no reason to remove that obligation just because you saw you you saw emi- emission number three. Okay, so what the Gemara is is clarifying for us is two and three same tumor. What's an afkamina? Two. Is totally tame. But there's no carbon. Three is totally tame, same level, but there is a carbon. And there's no other option. There's no other option how to interpret these pesukim or change around when you're tame, when you're in carbon. No, this is the only option. Okay. Now, says the Gemara to explain the itzrich the Rabbi Simai. We need Rebbe Simai's statement that the Torah. Uh, Calls somebody who sees two Tomei and three Tomei, the Itchrich Mizayvay. And we also need the drasha of Mizaivai from his emission. We also need that Pusuk as well to add on an additional Halacha. Why? If I would have just mentioned Rebbe Halacha, who says there's a difference between two and three, I would have thought maybe like some of our questions that maybe, maybe there's a difference not only in the carbon but in the level of Tumah. Therefore, the pas says, which lets us know that the, the level of tuma always remains the same between two and three. You're not going to go up in another level of tuma. The i and if I would have just said you're, you're purifying him from his zivus, I wouldn't know how many times it took to get to this impurity that we're trying to cleanse him from. The Rebbe Simai is letting us know that once you see twice, you're a fulls of, and, um, and therefore, by process that we explained before, the, the complete level of impurity hit, uh, came about after the second sight. Now that he sees it again, the impurity is remaining, the only thing that's changing is the additional obligation of a karma. Okay. Says the Gemara. The hashadamret mizayvai the drasha. Now that we explained the word Mizoivai, that we're purifying him from his zivos, is coming to teach me a drasha. Uh, is coming to teach me a drasha of the carbon. the yitar azov my darsha. What does he learn now from the yitar Mizoivai? Also, you find the word from his zivos, which is also seems to imply there's a there's a specific halacha that's unique here. The other Mizayvay, let's explain the question outside. The other Mizayvay, we learned out that the third guy, the, the, the three emission guy is going to bring a car. The two emission guy won't. But we have another word, Mizayvay. What do you do with that? What's that going to, what Allah is that going to give me? Answers the Gemara, hahumi We need it for the following drasha, listed in the Braisa. What is the Allah of the Braisa? The When the Zav becomes Tahar. What does that mean? The Kishayiv Zayk Mi Zayvay. Only once he stops having his emissions, then you could start your Zayinikiyah. Okay? Meaning, sometimes, for example, um, uh, this is not a a great example for, uh, let's give an example. Sometimes when something's going on, you need to create a hefzik. You have to create something, a, a pause, to let me know I'm shifting now from my sightings, from what I was seeing and emitting, and now I'm shifting into the cleansing process. Okay? Zog the Pasuk, Mi Zayvay is telling me that when it comes to the tahara, the purification process of a zav, all he needs to do is stop seeing. There's nothing else that's, ne- that's necessary for him to do. He doesn't have any emission, start counting. That's it. Start counting the next day. Done. You, you could start your, your, your seven clean days. Mi What does it mean from his emissions? V'lai mi zaivai He could start counting from the moment he stops seeing, but not from his impurities. Listen to this. What happens if a guy is Tomei because of his emissions and he's Tomei because he has Tsaras? Do we say to him, once you stop e- having an emission, you could count your seven clean days? Or do we say to him, you can't count your seven clean days till you got rid of Tsaras? Because anyway, what's the point of counting seven clean days if anyway you're still going to be Tomei because of your Tsaras? Comes along the Tire to teach us, no. The moment he stops seeing, he's good to go. Right? He he he's good to go. He could already start purifying himself from Zebus, even though he's going to remain a a um, even though he's still gonna have the Tumah of Tsaras. You could differentiate in the Tumas. Mizai Visafar, he he he's um, he gets rid of his emissions visafar, then he should start counting. Liman azov al shte this is letting us know that once a Zav sees two emissions, Shaton Svira Shiva, he really needs to start counting his seven clean days. Says Gmaravale Dinu, but don't we have uh, don't we have svara? Don't we have logic telling us this anyway? Why? No, it's why don't a posik? I have svarah. Why would it be Shiva. If he could give off a high-level Tuma, merely by sitting on a couch or reclining on it, laying down on it. And it's not even touching him. It could give off impurity. How so? Shouldn't we say al According to logic, that he's got to do the seven day count right away. Rashi explains that once you know that when somebody sees twice, um, they have all the chumras, right? They have all the chumras, matamitubis, so, mishkavu maishav, so on and so forth. So why do you got to tell me there's zayin when you see it three times? Answers the Gemara a top, a top of Amud Beis. Okay, now we're going to get into a classic Tzad Shava. Shemeres Yaim Keneged Yaim Rechiach. We'll say a Shemeres Yaim Keneged Yaim is going to prove it. Now, what's a Shemeres Yaim Keneged Yaim? Shemeres Yaim Keneged Yaim is when you have a woman who sees dam on one day. She sees dam once, so she doesn't need to wait seven clean days. In the Torah, she just waits one clean day, goes to the mikva, and she's good. Until she creates this three day pattern, She Mishgavu Ma'isha V'Shemeraz Yom doesn't have 17 days, but she's still metame. She still has this high level tuma, whereby laying or sitting on top of something it gives off the tumah. Ve'Einatunu Shvira Shiva. She's not counting seventeen. She's not counting the Zion So you see from here it says the Gemara from Shemeraz Yom that just an opposite of what we thought was logical. We thought it was logical that once you give off high level toma you certainly need to count seven clean days. Says Gemara, not true. A shemeres yam doesn't have seven clean days, despite the fact that she has this high level toma. The and even you, Alta Tamas, don't be surprised by this. Don't be shocked and wonder by this. Right? We say, oh, maybe shemeres yam Taka uh, uh, um, uh, should need to count the seventeen days. This lets us know that even a, a, a zav that has two emissions needs to count. Clearly, uh, needs to count seven clean days. Hold on. What's the shot when you look at this word of mizayvah? right what what are we learning out from this mezaveh that you have the high level uh you have the high level tuma de merabi bezo vasterius and we're going to include a two sider somebody who has an emission twice etami tomas seven clean days aynikiam umishna haimei sovaide be mai bazov and how come by the carbon it's excluding Azov vasterius Let's talk outside for a moment. This is actually a beautiful and direct question. Let's notice what we just did in the Gemara. It says the word mizovo twice from his zevas. Okay. The Gemara made a drasha from one mizoivai and a drasha from another the time it says mizoivai. What were the drashas? So the first time it says mizoivai, we said like this. When you see Tummah twice, when you have an emission twice, no carbon. When you see it three times, there is a carbon. So the first mizayvay, we use that word to differentiate between one who sees twice and one who sees three times. If you see it twice, no carbon. See it three times, yes carbon. And then we have the word mizayvay again. And what's the drasha? The Gemara says oh, oh, it's letting us know that even a two-time, even a two-emission uh, guy needs to count seven clean days. You're including the two guy with the three guy and telling me at the same halacha. But one second, again. You know, that's what just happened? The first time it says Mizayvai, we said that's the difference between two and three: two, no carbon, three, yes carbon. And now we're looking at Mizayvai and we're saying, oh. The same way three has I and two also has I Is Mizaivai coming to tell me two and three have the same halacha? Or is Mizaiva coming to differentiate? Make up your mind. Asks Srev Topatah You're dancing at two chasnas here. You're picking and choosing. It's a great kasha. Omar Lehi. Abaye responds, E sokadaita no, I'll tell you why. One, we're coming to include and exclude because if this misayvai was coming to ex, was coming to exclude him from zayin Lishtai kramine, you didn't have to say misayvai at all. I'll know any time you become tamei, you need zayin I would know that by process of the. Uh, um, not process of elimination, but by the mere fact that if the Torah would not have said anything, so then we would not have known in this halakha to include two to three. Okay? Abai is basically saying you have to know the context of the word mizayvay to be able to decide whether it's, it's autumn, whether it's coming to include and connect two to three or exclude and separate two from three. asya midina. And if you're gonna say that I would know svara that a two-sider would have Zionakiim without saying the word Mizaivay, yom Techiach, you wouldn't know that because i would compare it to a Shemarasyam yom. And if the title would not have said Mizaivay includes a two emission guy, you know what I would have said? He's just like a Shemarasyim yom, and there's no Zionakiim. And if you're going to tell me the Chiddush here is to teach me that he's coming to, to purify himself from Zav, even though he'll still be tume with Saras, no, M.K. It could have just said when the Zav becomes pure And don't say anything else, and I'll know that a, a Metsaira is allowed to count the seven clean days of Zavas no matter what, even while he's still a Metsaira. Shiva must be coming to teach me the halacha, which I said originally, says Abaye, which is that even if you see twice, you're obligated to count Zion, nikiem. period. End of that, um, end of that Shaka that back and forth, and explanation of our Mishnah, why ultimately, let's remind ourselves, what was the ultimate halacha that we wanted to walk away with? The Mishnah on the previous Amr, um, which said there's no difference between two and three except for a carbon. What, what was the source? How did we know that? That's what this Gemara just clarified. Two and three, same level, Toma, same type of Toma, same everything. Just carbon is going, is going to be different. There's Zion and everything. Just carbon is going to be different. How do we know that? Our Gemara just proved it over the last Amr. Um. Beautiful. Okay. Mishnah number four for today. We got another one after this. All right. Continuing on in the Ein Bains. Zokt the Mishnah. Ein Bain mitzaira musker le mitzaira mochlet. There's no difference between a mitzaira musker and a mitzaira mochlet. Now what is a mitzaira musker and what is a mitzaira mochlet? So to put it into our terms. A mitzaira musker... Is somebody who's in quarantine until we get his test results. A Musker, a, a, a Mitzayrah already tested positive for Taraz. Okay? A Mitzayrah Musker is from the word Sagar. He's closed off, he's quarantined until we get his test results. We don't know that he's tummy. So he's in quarantine till we get the results. Mitzayrah Mukhlat is he tested positive for taras. Okay. There's no difference between a Mitzayra Musker, somebody who was put into quarantine until we know he has taras. Now let's explain. Why would he get tested for taras? So what happens is, is that sometimes a person can have on their home, on their, um, on their skin, on their clothing, Something that looks like Tsaras, but you really need a Talmud Chacham to come and examine it, and then the Kohen to declare it impure. Alright? Sometimes the Kohen's also the Talmud Chacham. Somebody comes and knows the halachas. Now, the, the, they, they look at it, and the test is inconclusive. They're not sure. Do so you know what they do? They quarantine the guy for seven days, and they come back in seven days and see whether anything got better. Did it get better? Did it get worse? Okay? That's how somebody would enter the status of a Mitzayra Muschah. Now, let's read this inside again. Aim, bein, There's no difference in, in the um, situation, in the impurity of a Mitzayra Muschah and a Mitzayra mukhlah. We keep them both, um, you know, in the same type of quarantine. Ella priya u prima. Except for priya and prima, okay? When somebody tests positive as a Mitzayra, they must do prio prima. What is that? They have to, they have to do, tear their clothing and they, they're not allowed to take a haircut. But when you're in quarantine, because we don't know, you don't need to tear your clothing and you're allowed to get a haircut. Ain't being tahar mitay latar And there's no difference in somebody who's determined to be uh, tohar uh, from hesker, from being put into quarantine, or somebody... Who is uh, tar from hechlit? Meaning he was certainly tamei, and now he's purifying himself. Ella taglachas Vitsipar. except for taglachas and zipar. Okay, the obligation to shave your head afterwards and to bring the two birds that you're obligated to bring once you get rid of the Tsaras is only true when you have a, is when you tested positive for Tsaras and now it's gone. But if you never tested positive in the first place, then you don't need to cut your hair, and you don't need to bring these carbons, Okay. Says the Gemara. As far as the Mitzayra being sent away outside the camp, okay? They both have the same halacha. Meaning, even if you're not confirmed, you don't test positive for Tzaras, but we're waiting to see. We'll still send you outside the camp until we get the test results. How do we know that? How do we know all these halachas? The, 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 the Koyan says he's now Tahar. It is a Mispachas. What is a Mispachas? It was not Tzaras in the first place. There was something wrong. The guy had to see a dermatologist. Okay? So then, what does he do? de me You know what this lets us know? That all along, it's clear to us that retroactively, he's fine. too, as far as the laws of prima uh, of priya He never had to tear his clothing. He never need, he never had to uh, let his hair go. says almiyata. But now. Gabi, Zav, concerning the Halachas of a Zav It says, V'chi bes he launders his clothing. Meaning, he puts it in the mikveh. V'taher, and he's now tahar. Hassa my V'tar, me'kar, How did you explain that that's Tar me'kar? We know for sure over here, this guy was a Zav. We're talking about his purification process. And what, what words do we use? V'chi bes You're going to tell me that he was tahar all along? That's not true. We know he's a confirmed deserve. Karika. What is their retroactive purity? Ella, rather, you got to say. Tahar What it means is is from here on forth. Now, from here on forth, he's going to be tar as far as being mitame something that's pottery by moving it. Alfagav, even though the Khazi. Even if later on, uh, he went to the mikvah, he immersed his garments. But now he's going to have another emission. Yet within his, within his days, like mitami lemafreya, that's when we say, it's, he's not mitami lemafreya when he moves the pottery. Hachanami, so too over here. When it comes to the mitzaira musker, this mitzaira that we just put aside until we could ultimately determine what his status is, tor hashtami litame bebiya lemafreya. All it possibly means is, ask the Gemara, that it means that from here on forth, he's going to be Tame, he's going to be Tahar, from being Mitame retroactively. Things that were in the house at that time. Okay? So the bottom line is, says the Gemara, that does it mean, when it says, is it talking about um, going from here on forth? Or is it referring to retroactively? El Omar Rabba Rabba says, you're right. You know, we got a, 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 you got a good question. And I, I need to come up with another source to tell me that a Mitzayra Musker, somebody who's just, you know, uh, in quarantine waiting for his test results. Now there is, I, I just want to clarify something because I did, really didn't say this before. It's different than COVID. Because COVID, when you're waiting for your test results and it comes back, you never had COVID all along. Over here, a Mitzayra Musker even though we're putting him aside While he's aside We are calling him a Mitzayr We're just waiting to see Like to what extent Okay Mitzayr and muskar is not like we're waiting To see whether he was testing Positive We, we are waiting to see whether he's a further A Mitzayr and We are calling him a Mitzayr Just notice that There are elements of impurity for him So El Rather Rava says, I'll tell you why a mitzaira muskar does not need to tear his clothing and have all those halakhs. I'll tell you from here. And a mitzaira that has a tsaras affliction. Meaning, misha Tsarasai Tluya Bhagava. On him is Yotsa Yotzahzeh on his body. Yotzahzeh to exclude somebody who's waiting for his results. ain't sarate tuya begufay. His Saras is not dependent on his body because right now his body is not showing me impurity. Elo <inaudible> biyamim. He is dependent on his days. In other words, what's going to purify him? What we see on his body? No. What's going to purify him is is the Kayan's um, the coming back in a few days to go check on whether it got weaker, the color got weaker, or the color got stronger. Um, says, mm-hmm. All the days that he has saras, he's We should dash into me. Only somebody who saras is on his body needs to leave, needs shiluach. He needs to be sent away from the camp. But somebody who saras does not depend on his body, which right now we're trying to say is a matara musker, not depend on your body, depend on days, okay, uh, does not need to be sent away from the camp. And if you're going to tell me that a Mitzayim Musker not be sent away, what do you mean? Look at our Mishnah. but we said, The Mishnah says explicitly that even a Mitzayim Musker must be sent away from the camp. So if it's true that a Mitzayim Musker is sent away from camp and a Mitzayim Musker is sent away from camp, so the way we darshan... Asher ha'nega boy, that it needs to be in him, must be incorrect. Because, again, you're only getting sent away from the camp when it's in you. Is it, that means a matzera Musker, who's being sent away from the camp, we're considering the turas to be in him. But if we're considering the turas to be in him, why are we not obligating him to tear his clothing and let his hair grow long? That's where we're holding in our question. Omar, lay. Rav says back to Abaye, you may call you may. It could have said in the pasuk the days of his Saras. but it says kol yeme all the days. Le musker l'shiduach. Really, hanega boy would tell me it needs to be on you to be sent out of the camp. So why is a metzora musker sent out? A different Pasuk. Kol yeme. Even if you are a metzora musker, you're waiting for further test results. You also need to be sent out of the camp. But now here's the problem. if it's true that really a mitzrayim muskar is the same as a mitzrayim muchl, because it's considered a bodily tsuras, taglachas my time Yeah? Why during the purification process don't we uh, don't we cut his hair and uh, have him bring his pirate? have him bring the birds. The katani, we learned, there is clearly a difference in the Mishnah. Why? You're telling me both types of, whether you're mukhlut or muskar, musker, it's both considered on the body, so why is only mukhlut have these two halachas, while a musker does not? Amar Abaye, Abaye says, I'll tell you why, last step of the gemara, Amar Kroh, the Pasak says, the Kayan goes outside the camp to look at the Material, because the Material is sent away. The Kayan goes outside the camp. behold, The Tsaras had been healed. Misha is only somebody who needed a healing because you officially had Tsaras. Needs to send away the bird. Needs the the, the bird carbonize and the sheep. Not which excludes the musker the guy waiting for further test results. He's not dependent on rfuah, He is dependent on days. Period. End of that gemara. I'm gonna. I'm going to be maskim right now. These are beautiful back and forth gemaras. They're very very technical, right? Halavai, we'd have more time to spend uh, on each one. But you see, there's, there, there, there's a whole sugya known for these few blot in Megillah. It's going to take us till Dafyur, another another blot and a half of these ain bains, until we get into the whole, on Dafyurim we're going to start going through the whole Megillah, posuk by pasuk, mamish, stunning, and learning, learning you know, uh, what we're supposed to do as Claudio. So But over here, right, really, to to follow along the back and forth, it. Mamish teaches you critical thinking, how to think like, uh, like the Rabbi you know, Mamish Kaviyacha. Like, how do you pick through a Gemara and come out ultimately with total MS? Okay, next, Ain Bain. Fascinating sugi here. All right, let's go. Ain Bain's Faram Letzelomazos is no difference in the halachas and the holiness of a, a safer Tyra, tefillin, and mezuzis. Ella. Except for Shasfar Neftar Bchalosh, okay, Tanakh is permitted to be written in any language. However, to have kosher tefillin and kosher mezuzis ain't It must be it must be written in Loshin Kaidish. Must be in Loshin Kaidish, not Hebrew, because Hebrew nowadays we know as modern Hebrew, right? So just because it has Hebrew words and olive bays, as we'll see, doesn't make it kosher. There's a lot of words that aren't really... It has to be lashon Kaidosh. It has to be the Holy Tongue. Tyritical words. Okay? Rav Sheming says, Even Tanakh cannot be written in any language. But it's fascinating. Tanakh could be written either in lashon Kaidosh, the Holy Language, or Greek. And this is not the first time. We're going to find a few times throughout Shas. Where, where Chazal really explained to us, the Gemara here as well is going to get into it, that the Greek language is kind of considered like second in command to Lashon It's There's considered to be Chachma, real wisdom in, uh, in the Greek language, as opposed to other languages that just like spew new words, right? But it, it seems that the Greek language is, is you know kind of considered like the kid brother to to uh, Ashuris to Lush and Kadesh. Okay? So that's the Mishnah. Again, what the Mishnah say. Sfarim, Tulin, Mazuz, they're all holy, but notice there's a difference in Halacha. What's the difference when it comes to Tanakh? Sfarim of Terdavi of according to Tanakham, needs to be written only in Lash and Kadesh, And uh, um, I'm sorry, could be according to Tanakham, it could be written in any language. Tanakh. Fillin' need to be written only in Lush and Khaidesh. Gamil says. That, that uh, Tanakh could be written either in Lashen Kaidash or in Greek, in Yuvannes. Says the Gemara, diuk, we're inferring. Sifrei Taira, Tzfilin and Mezuzas all have the common Halacha, which is they need to be tied together with sinews of an animal. And if you touch them, your hands become Tomei. That applies across the board. Okay. Usfarim niktavim bichol loshon Usfarim niktavim bikol We said in the in the Mishnah that Sfarim Kabiran in any language. Viram minu says the Gemara. but that's a contradiction. Is that really true? Mikra Shakasw Targum, if somebody wrote Khumish in Aramaic, Vitargum or Aramaic Shekhasw Mikra, where instead of writing Aramaic you wrote it in Loshan Khadish. Ksav Ivri, or you wrote something in Ksav Ivri, okay? Ksav Ivri is um, apparently, it's not Lashon Kiddush, but it, was, it was, what we would call nowadays like Yiddish. People call Yiddish the Mama Lashon. When did Yiddish start? It's not the Mama Lashon. People were speaking Yiddish 500 years ago? No. Right? It's the Mama Lashon. That's our grandparents Spoke in Europe. That was like the Jewish tongue. Apparently, uh, Ksav Ivri was kind of like a Jewish language that was used, that was different than Lashem Kadesh. But it's the way the Yiddin would write. I'm not sure exactly what it is. That's Ksav Ivri. All these things are not when The only books that are metame your hands is when it's written on proper parchment, with proper ink, with the proper... It's got to be kosher. But one second. Here's the problem. If in order to be metame my hands, it has to be written on proper parchment, with proper ink, uh, and you're telling me that Tanakh, could be written in any language, how can it be mitami mayadayim? Don't tell me that Tanakh is mitami mayadayim and also tell me that it could be written in different ways. If it can only be mitami mayadayim if it's is Hebrew. The two halachas don't shtim, you understand? Don't tell me any language but it's mitami your hands and then tell me it's only mitami my hands if it's in specific Russian Kiddush. The two halachas don't add up. On my Ravah, Rava says, last step for today, kasha. Like there's no contradiction here, there's no question. Kan begufon One is talking about Aleph Bez. Okay, begufon It's written with Lashen Kaidash letters. Kan begufon shalhanu. However, when you have a Sefer that's written begufon then it's not yadayim, So to speak... I believe this is what they call transliterated. Right? Transliterated is not the translation. Underneath the Hebrew word, they write how to pronounce it using ABCs. Right? Is that correct? That's, that's transliterated? Yep. So that's what the Gemara is answering over here. You can have something that's in the tongue, but still only as far as the language is concerned, not as far as the writing is concerned. And that's when we say it's not metamiridai. But if I use... The language, if I use the script, if I use the, the, the proper letters, then talk, it'll still, that, then that's when we say it'll still be Mitame es hayodayim. And tomorrow, um, Abaye is going to respond to this, and we're going to start out tomorrow's da'af with a fascinating conversation, um, discussing when exactly do Dvaram uh, Sheba do these holy books, uh, um, take on the status of a holy book Does it depends on the language that it's written in Does it depends on the letters that are used we'll pick up from here Bezhem, tomorrow evening same time hopefully from Yerushalayim everybody. have a wonderful wonderful night